Welcome to CII Radio. In this episode, we are talking to Tali Shlomo from the CII and Rob Stevenson, founder of Inside Out and Mind Cycle, on the subject of well-being and mental health. In this episode of the CII podcast series, we're joined by Tali Shlomo, People Engagement Director at the Chartered Insurance Institute, and Rob Stevenson, founder of Inside Out and Mind Cycle. Here we are discussing well-being and mental health, both in society and the workplace. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here's our conversation with Tali and Rob. Welcome to CIO Radio and thank you very much for joining us today. Okay, Tally, if we could start with you. Mental health has become increasingly on firms' agendas. Why is the issue so important for organisations? Well, as you will know, my passion for diversity inclusion is absolutely critical. Two reasons. Organisations are to thrive and to progress and to enable colleagues, stakeholders, partners to bring their true self, authentic self to work is critical. As we know through CIPD Health and Wellbeing Report 2018, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that health and well-being activity has led to better employee morale and engagement by approximately 44% and it reduces sickness absence. For me, mental health and mentally health workplaces and well-being is critical as we continue to be progressive in the way we support organisations to thrive and the way we support our colleagues to thrive and bring their whole selves to work. Rob, you're an advocate and a champion for creating mentally healthy workplaces. Can you tell us a little bit of background about how you got involved in the area? and and where your passion really comes from for helping people improve their mental health. This is personal to me. I experience bipolar disorder, which is a mental illness. And and for those that don't know, it's a mental illness that's characterised by extremes of mood from deep, dark depression, where at its worst, I cannot get out of bed, cannot do my job, and I cannot look after my children, to periods of mania where I take risks or make really bad decisions. For me, I see the signs of, of this condition going back through to my late teens and all through my 20s. I was diagnosed when I was 30. When I was 31, I tried to end my life. But from that low point over the next 15 years, I learned to manage my condition. I learned that sleep is really important, that exercise is crucial. I take medication. I see a therapist. I give myself a score out of 10 every day to track my mood. And I've started publishing that on my signature to gain a response. So there's a lot of things that I do to stay balanced and stay well. But I learned to do that under the radar with only close friends and family knowing about it. And that was due to stigma. It was due to a fear that clients, that staff, that friends, would treat me differently. And it went on for 15 years until October 2017, which was the year really that mental health awareness blew up in the corporate landscape. I just thought, why am I hiding this? Why am I putting physio in the diary every time I go and see my therapist? My team must have thought I've got the worst physiotherapist (laughs) in the world that cannot fix this back injury. Absolutely, yeah. And I thought, it's disingenuous and I'm going to change and I'm going to come out. But that I did. I shared my story and the reaction I got was overwhelmingly positive. But I thought, how could I contribute? And how could I make a difference to this movement of ending stigma and creating mentally healthy workplaces. So everything I do now, and I'll tell you all about it in a bit, comes from that personal challenge of bipolar disorder. You certainly have personal experience and and it's something you've been through yourself. And could you expand on some of the initiatives which you champion with some of the organisations you work with? When I came out and was looking to use my skill set, and I used to, I'm a chartered accountant, I used to work in 
executive search and I thought, how could I use these skills to help make a difference? And I did a fair amount of listening in those days in 2017 and I kept hearing the same message. We do not have enough of our senior leaders who are open about their challenges of mental ill health and acting as role models. I thought there's something I could do about that. I've seen great success on other aspects of diversity, whether it's gender, LGBT, etc., with power lists or lists of role models published to showcase those who are operating successfully within that diverse category. So I founded Inside Out, which is a social enterprise. The main mission of Inside Out is to smash the stigma of mental ill health in the workplace. And we do that by publishing an annual list or a leaderboard of senior leaders from the workplace who are open about their challenges of mental ill health. Via that leaderboard, we can then help normalize the conversation we can help make it okay for people to seek help if they need to for a mental ill health challenge. But we also then start touching on what Tally said earlier, focus on everybody else and the opportunity of bringing whole selves to work and prioritising well-being. So that leaderboard is the core. And then around that, we've developed a number of other initiatives. So we've got the Inside Out Awards, which okay. are going to be in March next year, which are a celebration of our mental health and those organisations and individuals who champion it. Superb. And that's the first time these awards have been Yeah, Yeah. Place. So we're working hard on the moment to get category sponsors, to get entries into the various categories. We've got a fantastic judging panel and, and Tally, thank you for being part of that. And so really trying to have a proper celebration involving celebrating those who are doing great work, but also having some dancing as well, because I think we need we need dancing to celebrate our mental <laughs> Absolutely, health too. Absolutely, yeah. I just want to add, I think this is so inspiring to hear about the league board and role models and particularly senior executives showcasing their own mental health challenges really what it does it does start to smash the stigma of mental health and create healthy places of work because what it does is demonstrate you can still achieve a senior role you can still succeed in your career you can still achieve both personal and professional achievements you may still have personal mental health challenges whatever they are and for me it is incredibly inspirational to find and it's it's the first time I've come across when I met Rob a few months ago what I would invite everyone to do if you're a senior leader listening to this or you know someone get involved because it's the only way we're going to start smashing the stigma and really it's a great catalyst to create an authentic place of work and saying that as an HR professional when you have a well-being budget we do a lot of things here at the CII but it's when you have senior colleagues who literally come out and say this is what I've experienced or what I'm experiencing or being a carer of someone that I know I may have a partner who is experiencing you know I've had my own personal journey where I've known people colleagues who have and it has a profound impact and as a carer, also a profound impact. Yeah, we've got role models who are carers. We've got role models who've got family members that have their own challenges. We've also got role models from the leaderboard who are promoted through to partner. I think at Deloitte, for example, where this person disclosed his challenges when he was a senior manager and still made it through to the highest levels. So that's really powerful. I think the other powerful bit is the ripple effect. So from the first year, we published 42 role models. Since then, I've had people approaching me. So one great story, the chief procurement officer of TUI, the travel business approached me and said look I love what you're doing I'm really keen to join the leaderboard next year but I'd also like you to help me share my story and what he wanted to do his name's Paul Harlington he's just a very inspirational guy was share his story of anxiety and depression in front of his peers at a conference and this was amazing so I did a little intro to Inside Out and then interviewed Paul on stage in front of a hundred chief procurement officers in Amsterdam and he shared his story and he feels an obligation as a senior leader to do that and that's really what we're trying to do we're trying 
trying to smash the stigma by encouraging other leaders to follow suit and create that effect of the, the conversation being normalised. And I think when you start to look at the data, you know, we know from the Stevenson Farmer report, we know for so many reports, one in four will be affected by mental ill health at some point in their lifetime. Absolutely. That's a phenomenal yeah. number. And we also know that there's a, you know, if I take it back from a business perspective, so absolutely it's the right thing to do on a human level perspective from a business perspective. We know that businesses lose out 33 billion per year on average. So I think it's definitely should continue to be an agenda for most organisations, if not all. I think just touching back on on, on other initiatives that, that we've got, I think yeah. one, one of the things, particularly where leaders of workplaces are concerned, is what do we do? What should we do on the mental health agenda? So we've launched, and again, I thank Tally for your help in, in evolving this, something called the Inside Out Leadership Charter, which is a set of seven principles that organisations and their leaders can sign up to about how they're going to help create mentally healthy workplaces. So, for example, it's about making mental health and well-being a strategic priority of the business. It's about ensuring that mental health and well-being is on the boardroom agenda every six months as a minimum. So a number of very simple principles that will have a huge impact if organisations sign up. And I love the charter because it, we all know what gets measured gets done. And it's yeah. not complex charter. It's simple yet effective and impactful. And what it does is it creates a catalyst for actions for all organisations. And I've started to use it here internally for us in terms have given us a bit more focus on what we can do so there's a lot of power and impact that we as organizations can utilize and leverage on that framework as you say they are simple ideas but they do seem very positive ideas and very fresh and certainly from a point of view of, of an employee if they see someone higher up the chain than them as a senior someone they respect and look up to talking about their issues themselves and their, their struggles then they'll f- then feel confident themselves to speak about them yeah absolutely and I think when we see our senior leaders speak out about their own struggles we see that process of culture change begin I've witnessed this in smaller organizations in SMEs where you see that process happen overnight another one of our role models is a chap called Mark Twig who's one of the founding directors of Cicero the financial PR business and Mark shared his story of depression to the whole business about two years ago the culture was transformed almost overnight where seven or eight people shared their challenges some got adjustments to their roles and stayed within the business. But then the narrative shifted to everybody else. So not the people who are struggling with the diagnosis, but the people in the middle. So we talk about the Stevenson Pharma costs. The biggest cost to employers is that of presenteeism. It's people turning up to work every day but are underperforming because of mental ill health. And actually, if we create cultures that allow people to prioritise well-being, we can move those people more up towards thriving and we can keep people who are at the thriving end high-performing. And that's some simple things like being able to prioritise your well-being in the working week, be able to take a longer lunch to go and get some exercise, to take some breaks in the day when you're having a particularly stressful time. These are all simple things, but they require a culture to allow them to happen. So when our leaders share their stories, that starts the process. When our leaders get behind the agenda and make it a priority of the business, that also happens. And for me, this is where I think is the big opportunity for, for workplaces. Tally, will the CII be involved in these initiatives, Inside Out and MindCycle? Is it something you're supporting or something you'll be part of? Absolutely. When I met Rob a few months ago, I'm completely bought into the charter, the framework, the awards, because what it does is it creates a framework and a catalyst as you will know we're doing quite a lot here internally at the CII so emotional well-being 
has been something that we've supported not only emotional mental well-being but it's an important part of our program and we've everything from art therapy mindfulness cbt we have offered and continue to do so and it for me it comes back to bringing your authentic self and the presentism is absolutely critical how many colleagues do we not know who may have challenges either themselves or may know someone that they're supporting and caring for for me it's about broadening our reach not only to colleagues who may be experiencing mental health challenges but supporting those who are carers so for us you know continuing on on all the emotional well-being support physical health is absolutely critical and again I completely agree with Rob the exercise is fundamental our healthy eating on a budget we've run sessions because what you eat is is absolutely fundamental today we've launched at the CII Fitbit challenge which is all about creating a really fun way for colleagues to not only get some exercise but compete against each other so that it's a three-month program where you can really keep up because we all know once you start exercising after six weeks you end up dipping down you'll find reasons not to do some exercise either at the gym or just going for a brisk walk so we've created a program at the same time fundraising for charity i love that the word you use there is fun yeah so i think on the mental health agenda a lot of it is about distress and helping people who are struggling but actually if we look at our physical fitness often goals of physical fitness is to be vibrant is to be active and how do we get that for our mental well-being and the physical aspect of that is really important but what we want to be doing in our workplaces is it's kind of having that friendly competition it's saying okay what are you doing to look after your mental well-being because if we can just move up a few notches we will be happier we'll be more productive and we'll have more resilience to to handle the stresses that life throws at us for sure so I, i love fun initiatives that get people thinking and acting collectively about the mental health the fun one that we do is the mind cycle where we take bikes in to workplaces. And this all came out of something I did last year. I, I decided it would be a good idea to ride the Tour de France on a static bike <laughs> okay. trainer with taking a, a roadshow of bikes all around different workplaces and people jumped on the bikes and rode with me. But what we found was we were getting men who struggled to open up at the best of times on the bikes for a fun challenge, but then we'd have this conversation about mental health and well-being. That element of it was so successful that we carried on the, the project and now we take bikes into workplaces to, to do exactly that. To, to reach those people who think mental health doesn't apply to me to stimulate a bit of conversation there and then we're even doing something called the boardroom challenge in November where we're inviting leaders of workplaces senior leaders to come and have a fun challenge on the bikes and really show their support for the mental health agenda you've touched on that you do work with a, a kind of a huge variety of organizations and of different sizes yeah. Rob what do you see as some of the barriers that you found in places kind of creating these mentally healthier workplaces I think that's a really good question for me I think stigma is still a huge barrier and this happens in a a number of ways so the stigma of mental ill health is a barrier so people still feel fearful of sharing their challenges of mental illness and mental ill health. They think they'll be perceived differently, their careers could be limited, and we've got to break that. We've got to smash that so people can seek help when they need to. But I think there is another stigma where mental well-being is concerned, that traditionally we think of it as you're either mentally ill or you're mentally well. It's very binary, very black and white. Whereas actually, just like our physical health, we're on a continuum. And some of us are thriving, some of us are struggling, most of us are somewhere in between. We're not fixed on that continuum. It can change daily, it can change hourly. Life events will affect your mental well-being. Bereavement, 
relationship breakup. They have the same symptoms as depression, albeit there for a shorter length of time. So the stigma of mental ill health is preventing us really from thinking about our mental health and well-being. And so we're not literate about how to do so. So we're not literate that I know because I've got a disorder and I've needed to learn this to save my life effectively, that exercise is important, sleep is important, social connection with family is important, taking breaks in the day is is really important. But actually, if you haven't had a disorder and you think mental health doesn't apply to me, you've never really learned what works for you. So I'd say in terms of proactively managing mental well-being, we lack a bit of literacy in society. So there's an educational process and a discovery process that we need to help people go through. As you say, if people don't consider themselves mentally unwell it could be happening kind of gradually and they've never been taught how to deal with it themselves or how to speak about it and that's that's something that needs to needs to hopefully improve we're all taught how to brush our teeth right we're taught how to use a toothbrush but we're not taught how to manage our mental well-being but guess what in our jobs what are we using we're using our minds and it's our minds that are under attack from social media from the changing nature of the workplace the the uncertainty out there the always-on economy we need to better know how to manage that mental well-being and so I think the big opportunity is to help workplaces, but also the individuals within them. And I think this is another challenge that we're talking about individuals. So what works for one person will not work for another. Yes. You know, I know what works for me. I've discovered that. Somebody else might need to go and find a sense of purpose or do some good in the world or manage stress a bit better. Somebody else might need to focus on their exercise. It's really individual. And that's the challenge if you are the head of well-being, the head of HR, and you've got a whole diverse range of, of employees. How do you do that? How do you help them with that process? of discovery so there's an educational thing we need to get into there as well absolutely well-being is so personal to every individual you know our own dna drives physical well-being our emotional state our mental state and as an hr professional i'd say the program needs to be tailored whilst having a far-reaching program so here at the CI, we have a far-reaching program so that everyone has access and can at least experience different elements like the art therapy that we did that was phenomenal it just gives you something to, to have a taster because it may work and you may connect with it very quickly or some may connect with CBT and find it more effective. There are many forms available today so what we try and do is provide the far-reaching program but then we tailor it for individuals as and when required. It's all about having the conversation. It's having a conversation in a safe environment knowing how we can support each other which is absolutely critical. But coming back to your question in terms of what do I see as the barrier, I'd say first and foremost is having senior leadership buy-in and that first and foremost is having an executive sponsor. We all know if you don't have an executive sponsor the likelihood it's more for slow burner and I think also the executive team or HR or the well-being whoever in the organization leads in it is being passionate about it and how can you not be passionate about well-being and mental health and I come back to the impact is one in four so sometimes we talk about cancer one in three put it in that same spectrum and mental well-being and mental health is absolutely critical it drives a lot of how we feel not only our physical but our mental and emotional state so executive sponsor and I'd say also many organizations should like we do here is put it part of our L&D program and our DNI program because a lot of it is education if I go back to our art therapy and our CPT that was education it's about experiencing how many people will just go and book themselves on an art therapy just to experience it we have our own yoga sessions here with our colleague Vanessa our guru (laughs) 
it's finding fun ways because again if we come back to laughing laughing is a great yeah. medicine right yeah. how often do we have a good giggle you know rob you talk about dancing it's the same it's having the adrenaline and releasing those chemicals in your mind in your brain that creates that good feeling that sometimes is, is required and fundamental and how important do you think it is that people are aware of this not letting it get gradually and gradually worse and not speaking about it but you don't have to wait until you're in an extreme you should be aware of it all the time and always cultivating your your mental health yeah i think we need to think about mental health and well-being as a strategic enabler for workplaces and a performance enabler for individuals if you think of how am i going to make sure i am on top mental form as good as i can be with everything going on in life to handle my job to handle my life to handle my children to handle my relationships etc if we can start thinking in that way of prioritizing well-being prioritizing building those resources building that battery that we've got internally then we'll be more productive higher performing but i think the discovery process is difficult and interesting particularly where the prevention case is concerned so one of the other things i'm involved in is a technology startup called better space better space without going into too much detail is a bit like the airbnb for mental well-being solutions okay so it provides a kind of questionnaire at the front end that would then direct people to how they might like to think about prioritizing the aspects of mental well-being be it social connection exercise stress management but then the back end it's a curated database of solutions so it helps with that discovery process and gets individuals to try things out like you were saying earlier tally and at the end of using the platform people might then have discovered something that they think right this is my thing that will help me stay on top form or boost my form if i'm struggling finally is there any key takeaways you could give to our listeners or as employees individuals or employers those who are perhaps higher up I'd say for individuals, get involved. Get involved in activities, get involved in the conversation. There is so much organisations that I'm working with in our market, in our profession, who do lots get involved. It's fundamental because half the programmes we can't put in place if you don't get involved. So yeah. I'd invite you to get involved. And if you're leading the DNI or wellbeing or HR, find out more about the new stuff that's going on, new initiatives, the charter that Rob has put together from inside out, the league table. These are all new inspirational initiatives that what it does is it creates a new catalyst for change it starts to shift our mindset on how we approach well-being and mental health in the workplace what i can say is from conversations i'm having is there seems to be more comfortable place for everyone to have the conversation both from leaders and from everyone for organizations and for me that's a great step in the right direction yeah tell you i'd agree with that for me i think it's it's smash the stigma choose to smash the stigma in your workplace and do that by engaging your senior leaders, be it sharing their stories or getting behind the agenda. Make mental health and well-being a strategic priority of your business because actually it is one of the biggest performance gains I think we can make. At an individual level, it's that process of discovery about how to proactively manage your mental well-being. Try things out, try yoga, try doing some exercise you haven't done before, do some reading, turn your technology off, turn notifications off, switch off on your holiday, take some breaks in the day, do a walking meeting. These are all very simple things we can do, but invest a little bit of time in building your resources from mental health and well-being at an individual 
individual level. Is there any way you could direct our listeners to find out a little bit more about the initiatives you're involved in? Absolutely. So I think there's two ways. Please link in with me, Rob Stevenson on LinkedIn. I post a lot of stuff on LinkedIn that are challenging perceptions around mental health and well-being and, and details of what I'm doing. And then there's the Inside Out website, which is www.inside-out.org. I'd mention one more. So there's a yeah, well-being conference that's worldwide and it's phenomenal. I haven't seen a conference, a one-day conference dedicated to well-being. Inspirational. And I'd say as an individual, go along because you'll learn and you can find out some new initiatives and it creates a safe environment to share your own experiences should you wish to. And for organisations, leaders, go along as well because what it does is it hopefully will be a catalyst for you to take some new initiatives into your workplace. Yeah, absolutely. Have a look at that. So Wellbeing at Work, if you Google that, you'll okay. find the global events and I'll be speaking at the, the London one, which is in November of this year. Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. It's been really insightful and inspirational as well. So thank you, Rob Stevenson and Tali Shlomo. Thank Thanks you. for having us. And uh, thank you for listening to CII Radio. To find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts, or you can follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Um, so until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.